Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Yeah, <laughs> what's going on everybody? Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report here on a Wednesday, another rainy Wednesday in the Tri-State area. One day, it will stop raining. One day, but not today. So don't worry about that. Bring your umbrellas. Do you even own an umbrella? No. I don't either. Come so on, I don't even know why Dave, I even said that. I, I just hoodie. go out there and I do the I do the, the turtleneck. I'm like, <laughs> like that's gonna help, you know, take the It's rain always away. hoodie season over here, so I do not need the umbrella. Ah yes, the hoodie season. Anyway, <laughs> we hope you guys are doing well. We hope you guys have enjoyed the content. Uh Mojo is putting out an astronomical amount of content over on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter. Their tweets are just phenomenal. I've actually found one today um that I'm very excited about. I don't know why I missed it, how I missed it. I usually get the little alerts when they're tweeting. Um when Bailey Zappi came in uh, for, I know, you won the game. Who cares? You know, but when Bailey Zappi came in, they put out a tweet. He goes, third string quarterback coming in for a grouchy coach. And it was Willie Beeman. And I was like, oh, my God, I missed the boat on that. <laughs> I was very excited to see that one. I'm a big, big. Shout out to Belichick inserting the generic quarterback Madden template <laughs> at any given moment. And it just works somehow. Right. I know they lost. But yeah, still, it is what it Bailey's is. Bailey Zappi. Today uh, on the show, we'll be able to do a little retro booming. And when I say that, uh, Mojo has given us a fantastic uh, platform to find out all about the guys and the stars of old and, and, you know, the guys that are uh, already retired. Uh, all the way back to 2000, we got to dig deep. So believe it or not, I know that sounds ridiculous when you say that. It makes me feel like a fossil. But it's like we went all the way back to 2000. And it's like 2000 was like yesterday. But it was actually 22 years ago. Yeah, that's like the beginning of Tom Brady's career. So it was the ah, very, very beginning of time. See what you did the there, Mojo. I see what you did there. Yep. Tom Brady, love. I get it. Hey, listen, he's the GOAT. Um, but in this regard, the first person I looked up was Tony Romo. And I was like, oh, let's see what he did. It's fantastic to see some of these guys that obviously come into the league. Tony Romo, undrafted, free agent, comes into Dallas, doesn't do nothing. Literally zip for the first you know, two years of his career. Then he gets to call up. Happens, throws his first pass, intercepted by the Giants. It was I remember Can where he I pick was. It? I, mm-hmm, right. So that if that's any indication of where Romo or Pickett can go with his career, Peyton Manning said the at one time rookie record for picks in a season, and we know what Peyton Manning did. So yeah, he might have. It's, it's too early to might have did a couple things on in a the, pick in the league. for a rookie quarterback. <laughs> right. So speaking of quarterbacks, that's where we dove first. We had to say, all right. When you think of quarterbacks and you think of Peyton Manning, you think of guys like his brother, Eli, right? Like that class was forever linked, forever, <laughs> forever linked, forever. With each other, of course. Yes. They're linked to each other. And it's, you know, it's it's Phillip Rivers, it's Eli Manning, and it's Ben Roethlisberger. So we decided to take that class from 2004 and compare them to three guys that were taken in the first round of the 2018 draft. Now, remember... Um, we all remember what happened in 2004. Technically, Eli Manning was the number one overall pick, right? We all know what happened. The rest is history. You know, he calls his dad. I don't want to play here. And he gets traded. So then Rivers are him as well. Yeah. Well, look, it, play, it played out. out. It played out well for him. Uh, but we did look into them and we compared them to 2018. In 2018, we got Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, Josh Allen, and of course, the 32nd pick in the first round, Lamar Jackson. So we'll do a little comparison between the guys just to give you uh, an idea as to how the mojo formulas and everything works based off career accolades, stats, just, you know, contracts, everything that factors into a mojo market price we figured it out well they figured it out based off of their their awesome spreadsheet that i got to dive into yesterday so when you take a look at the quarterback class of 2004 
you look at their final banked value, right? And what we're seeing here is that Big Ben retired. I, I, I do air quotes. You don't see me right the second, but air quotes, Big Ben retired because I think he's done, right? Like yeah, it, no, it's pretty much done. Big Ben's so, done. All right, good. So he's done. Uh, and of course, he finishes in the 100 club, the pristine 100 club of Mojo. Uh, coming right short of that 100 club is Phillip Rivers at $96.47. And believe it or not, Eli Manning with the lowest, $86.38. Now I'm thinking to myself, why? Why Why would that possibly happen? The guy won two Super Bowls. You know, why on earth is Eli Manning the lesser of the three that, you know, and he was the highest draft pick, and maybe that's why. Because he was drafted first. Expectations are set a little higher, even though it was only like a four or five pick separation between him and Rivers. And then, you know, I think it was 11th for, or 11 or 12 for Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe that has something to do with it, but then you look at the overall statistics and the overall historics, yeah, and still, Eli Manning. A different story. Eli Manning leads in one category, in one category only, and that's interceptions. So, and not only now does we know he why. not lead in any of the other categories, I feel like he's being lapped in some of them as well. You know, uh, touchdown passes: Eli three sixty six, Big Ben four eighteen, Philip Rivers four twenty one. Mm. Um, yeah, across the board wins. Eli's got hundred and he's five hundred. He's five hundred quarterback. quarterback. Right. The other two have have exceptionally higher amount of wins and I think Eli was a product of his environment in terms of his Super Bowl wins I'm not knocking Eli but that was a defensive driven team in those days yeah and when it comes down to how the mojo evaluates and and sets this bank value it comes down to it's pretty cut and dried so there is no they they were all three top 10 picks I think uh Phillip Rivers was fifth and Big Ben was actually 11 so not top 10 so whatever I don't know that their entry value because I was having a hard time, I do have to get a little bit better at navigating. That thing is a beast. When I tell Very you, it, powerful tool. My my computer almost exploded. It's like, oh, would you like to compute all this data? Sure would. And they're like, hold on very, to your butt. Very cool <laughs> to look at, but it was oh, almost, it was like information overload for me. I cannot wait to do a deeper dive <laughs> yeah. because there's more than just the top dogs that we're talking about. I want to look at career arcs of, of Rich Cannon. Um, I mean, that might be a little bit hard because he's pre two thousand. Yeah, but I but, know that we have the other. Yeah, we got plenty of stuff to look at. So I want to look at some older quarterbacks that maybe weren't Hall of Fame bound so we could see not everyone's going to make the Hall of Fame. We look at first-round quarterbacks that don't make it in the class we're about to talk about in 2018. Right. There's two that we're not even going to discuss. Who's that? Josh Rosen. and uh, Well, Josh Rosen is practically out of the league right now. He's sitting there behind... Jacoby Brissett. There is five first And I think round, there might even there be another guy. There five first-round picks in that year at quarterback. I know. I'm just – it's escaping Sam Darnold. Me. Sam Darnold is the other one. Yeah. Correct. Thank you, buddy. Hey, listen, I'm there for you, bro. Yeah. Uh, so we look at this 2004 class and their legends in, in our own mind. Obviously, Rivers doesn't finish with a ring, so he doesn't get the Super Bowl bonus. But Big Ben and Eli do, and Eli still – last right so it's interesting to see how this played out for his entire career because longevity is definitely a thing of his 236 games played and he started about 220 of them before legendary quarterback geno smith (laughs) took over and broke that streak sorry to all you giants fans i know it's still got to burn uh but look it is what it is now when you look at the 2018 class in comparison we were just talking about a couple guys we weren't talking about um, that were, were not in those list, but Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, right? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Now, when you take a look at their current value right now, um, leading this pack, rightfully so, is Josh Allen, right? But there's a little discrepancy here between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson because I have some numbers here that will kind of blow you away um, as far as the, the bank value of what these guys can project at because of the fact that they're on pace for some crazy, crazy things. Baker Mayfield, though. That's the interesting one. Number one overall pick in the 2018 draft, 
and it just seems like nobody is going to his birthday parties, and it's just a bad situation for Baker Mayfield. And how funny is that that that's a Cleveland thing? <laughs> like yeah. Bo Callahan was a Cleveland quarterback, or it was supposed to be a Cleveland quarterback. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the movie Draft Day. So omit that from your memory. Uh, and of course, like I said, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. Um, he's on out of the two, three of these guys. He's already on his second team. He hasn't received the big payday yet. So it's like, what are your expectations, Chris, for a Baker Mayfield going forward? I talked about Baker a little bit yesterday when we were talking about DJ Moore. I'm, I don't think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. And on the other side of that coin is if he's not a good enough quarterback to start, I also don't know how receptive his teammates are to him in the locker room. So if your plan is to be a backup quarterback, which I'm sure it's not his plan, I just don't think Baker Mayfield has staying power in the league. And if I'm looking at his market projections, I don't. I think the market agrees with me. I, I mean, it could be a buy low situation if you think Baker could fix things, but it's not like the Panthers don't have weapons and he's still not able to get it done. I just don't. I don't think Baker's the guy. You had probably had Lamar Jackson sitting there on draft day in, in the green room, like they just took Baker Mayfield first. Are they? kidding me <laughs> he Are did you? the he did the tom brady you're going with that effing guy <laughs> like that's unreal, what unreal. Did. and and lamar slips all the way to the back end of the first round i believe the ravens traded back up to get him at 32 so they came they, they realized like all right wait hold on nobody's taking this guy let's take him now you look at the numbers of lamar jackson um he's 39 and 14 as a starting quarterback he's winning football games right he's got a, a completion percentage of 64.2 which is obviously already passing eli and passing well, that's about Eli. See, I mean, it's just Eli. It's an Eli's day. It's an Eli day today. Uh, but the the alarming thing, not the alarming, the, in a good way, and the reason why you should go long on a guy like Lamar Jackson, and I understand, like, he's already, he's banked this already. He's won an MVP, right? He still hasn't won that championship yet. He still hasn't gotten paid yet, which his mama is working on that deal right now, and that's going to get done before you know it. He wants guaranteed money, and in Mojo Market, you're well aware that career accolades, such as an extension, a new blockbuster deal, it happened to Russ, it shoots you yeah, up a little bit. Guaranteed money and guaranteed money. The, that means the, you're there when, once for you good. put the team in a position where they cannot affordably cut you, then you have you have value because you know that that player is not it's going It's there anywhere. to stay. And right now, he's got over 10,000 yards passing already, right? The the crazy part is he's about a, 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 um, a quarterback draw or a QB option away from hitting 4,000 yards rushing. 4,000 yards rushing as a quarterback. Now, much like you said yesterday with Debo Samuel, you're like, oh, man, it's a lot of handoffs. You know, the trepidation is there. Is there any trepidation to the fact that Lamar Jackson... Now, we didn't do this, and we should have did this, and I wish we did do this, and I will do this after the show. I want to compare him to Michael Vick because that's the same kind of quarterback that you're seeing. A guy that can launch it. Actually, Vick was a better passer. I was was thinking, well, that's... Eh, That's definitely... The guy can throw 100 yards. (laughs) That's arguable. That is arguable. Lamar Jackson can throw the ball far as well. But it's it's hard. I was thinking about Mike Vick-Lamar comparison, but because of the situation that Mike Vick experienced in the middle of his prime of his career, it kind of takes things away. Right. And it's hard to dictate because there's three career years missing or two or three seasons out of there. But then he came back and just barnstormer again, like with Philadelphia. He was pretty darn good. But if you add those three seasons of running quarterback play, that's a lot of violence that you're going to endure. That's true. And making it through those three years, the same reason why Josh Allen is paid right now and Lamar Jackson isn't. It's because Lamar Jackson's not as big of a guy and um, he's not a downhill runner. He gets hit a little bit more. His propensity to take off is a lot higher than a, than a Josh Allen's is, mm-hmm. and for that reason, the market agrees because the the future projections 
they're a little bit lower for Lamar, and it's because of the injury risk. But that doesn't put me on the side of I'm not in on Lamar. I am definitely in on Lamar. This guy might win the MVP this season. So mm. while you may have a situation where Josh Allen plays deep into you know, 10, 15 more years, which is very likely in the way that NFL is set up right now, if you get seven or eight good years out of Lamar Jackson right now, and then at the very least he his skills diminish a little bit and he's – at that point, develops into a way better passer, which you've seen across. Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb, Randall, Randall Cunningham. Cunningham. There's yep. been guys uh, along Steve the way. Young. Steve Young. Good, great point. There's been, there's been tons of those guys. You don't really teach accuracy, but I don't think Lamar has an accuracy issue per se. I think that he just gets a little happy feet sometimes, and his, he's not looking downfield. He's looking at the, uh, at the blitz because he wants to take off. But I'm not a scout. I love Lamar. <laughs> I'm all in on Lamar. I'm all in on Josh Allen. But – the career arcs of the quarterbacks don't get too excited because you see the Big Ben played 20 years. Yeah. He's, he's just eclipsed the $100 mark. You could see the career arcs are a little bit different now because you have the Staffords and the Russes that are approaching that mark. But just because you're close doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get there. Once you get, once you get that high, it's harder to increase that value that much more. So you start bleeding away. And can I... And a bad game puts you right below, as we've seen. And, and I, I think personally, like, there's also data there, game-by-game game data that you can look up to. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, all right, Eli Manning, he played, like, it, when they weren't winning Super Bowls, he played on a very bad franchise. You know, like, that team couldn't do anything for him. When it comes to Big Ben... He always played on winning teams. Mike Tomlin never lost. Bro, and, I was and, looking at Big Ben's wins, man. Yeah, no, he's got he's 165 and 81. Bro. 81 so it's a losses two to one. over over like 19 seasons. That's really, really good. Yeah, so that really means like good. in reality, he's also getting playoff experience because when the Giants didn't win the Super Bowl, they weren't making the playoffs either. You know what I'm saying? So those extra games in the playoffs help you dramatically when it comes to the mojo market. And Big Ben cashed in on that. And that's why he ended in the hundred club. Now, when you look at Baker, Josh, and Lamar. To me, I think forever Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson will be linked to being playing on playoff teams, right? There's never going to be a point where you're like, wow, the Ravens just stink, you know, or the Bills are just terrible. Like the Bills are a couple bad games away from winning Last the Super year, Bowl. The Ravens missed, which is crazy. Yeah, but he was but hurt. It was the injuries. Yeah, he riddled, was hurt all year almost. Injury riddled season. Yeah, so I'm looking at those guys like, and especially when Josh Allen, Josh Allen's already got paid, but like when Lamar gets paid in that long term contract, you're looking at these guys like they're lifers there. And as long as the the Bills and the Ravens do what they do front office-wise, like they're always going to be competitive. And that's why investing in these quarterbacks will always be good because they're going to keep surrounding their team with talent. And that's going to make them better. So, going to make them better. But we can't talk quarterbacks without talking some RBs. We got some running backs in the retro booming area, and we want to talk about some retro running backs. Now, you're looking at your screen, and you're like, oh, I get it. Adrian Peterson. And, oh, yeah, I get it. That's Frank Gore. What the heck is Brian Westbrook doing there? Look at the career numbers real quick, folks. Now, when you bring this up, Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore are literally neck and neck, right? And they played a ton of games. Adrian Peterson played 184 games, which you're like, oh, that's a lot. And then Frank Gore's like, hold my beer. I got 241 games under my belt and over 16,000 yards. So, like, the longevity of those guys definitely played a factor. And, again, the rushing yards and rushing attempts are just, I'm all about opportunity when it comes to Mojo Market. But then you look at a Brian Westbrook, Gooch. Why is Brian Westbrook even on in this conversation? What made you talk? We had this lengthy conversation. Let's I've find been, this guy. And I'm like, why? Yeah, this has been something that since the inception of the Mojo Market, I've been kind of dissecting how to play running backs because 
you know, I feel like there's an obligation, A, to figure it out, because that's what I'm doing here, and B, I, I like a lot of these players, and I want to identify which ones I could actually invest in, because I'm here to have fun, and I'm here to make money, and I want to I wanna make the running backs work for myself. I'm a big guy into quarterbacks and receivers, because I think the, the careers just are a little bit safer. But when I'm looking at the running backs, and I bring these three guys to the equation, because there's a couple different paths to necessarily the same end game. And I say this with a little bit of, you have to understand there's a grain of salt here, but Adrian Peterson, he, he took the league by storm, fairly high draft pick. I think he was picked eighth overall by Minnesota. And he got to the point that he got to, you could see that they're neck and neck with Frank Gore. Frank Gore played 39 million years, and he's about 15 <laughs> he's cents boxing. lower than Adrian Peterson. But Frank Gore was a second round pick. So they got to that point at the very different ways. You know, Adrian Peterson, he did compile a little bit towards the end. But He's the high like draft, high teams draft pick, yeah. so he had a higher entry value. And then Frank Gore, you know, not as high of a draft pick, but he played a little bit longer, more of a compiler. You're not going to find these types of players often, right? You're just simply not going to find them. But the Brian Westbrook comparison, I feel like it's a good one because if you look where Brian Westbrook started, it was probably as a third-round pick. I believe he was a third-round pick. You could compare that to a, a, a Brian Robinson right now, who is also a third-round pick, which we, I want to talk about him in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But they're valued at around $5. If you look at an Adrian Peterson, I'm sure he was valued, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just basing it off of what I see other running backs that have entered the league. As a first-round pick. As a first-round right. pick, or the first pick. Like, look at a Brees Hall, for example. I would imagine Adrian Peterson had a higher value entry point than a Brees Hall did because he was a clear, better prospect. Right. Brees Hall is in a 10 range. 11 range. Now, you ask, like, does that really matter, like, which one's more expensive? And I, I honestly say no. I think when we're talking about market value, it almost, it almost skews it for people because I'll buy three shares of, of Brian Robinson rather than buying three shares of – or one share of a guy that's worth $15. And the percentage it goes up is all you're really looking at. So Brian Westbrook earned very, very similarly – to an Adrian Peterson and a Frank Gore throughout their careers because of the way he got in and it took him a little bit, but then he entered a, a, a starting role because he, he proved value and his rookie deal got a second deal with his team and then inherited the starting back. There's a lot of guys that I could identify right now in the league that are in a very similar position. Do tell. So <laughs> I mean, I'm, looking, I I'm looking for guys that do not come into the league with an opportunity to start right out of the gate. They have to earn it a little bit. I'm looking for guys that could catch the ball. I'm looking for guys that could pass block because that sustains a long career in the NFL. If you can't run between the tackles, they're going to find a role for you on third down if you could pick up a blitz and you could run a route. There's a lot of those guys in the league. They're being drafted specifically for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I look at the career lifespan of a running back, and the reason why I get very hesitant is because it's by far the lowest. Mm -hmm. Under three seasons, receiver surprisingly comes in at two. But I think that's a little bit skewed because a lot of receivers get opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like, they kick the tires on a ton of guys that just don't make it. So that brings the number down a little bit. There's a lot less running backs getting an opportunity. Yeah, you can carry nine receivers when you start a season. Yeah, when, <laughs> you know they, when they do get the opportunity, it usually doesn't last long. So the guys like the – and I'm going to identify a couple guys without some context, and then I'll break it down a little bit. But I mentioned Brian Robinson – He's I feel like, right like there. in a week he's, he's right going to be coming yeah. back. And I feel Brian Robinson, he had a very decent college career where he played four years at Alabama but didn't get a lot of mileage until his senior year. And I think that plays well for a future NFL running back. Brian Robinson is definitely on my buy list. Go long. Multipliers. All sorts of stuff. Go. 
Michael Carter, I've talked about him a little bit. He's basically exactly the guy I'm talking about. Fourth round pick, low expectations market-wise. They definitely have a role for him in the offense. He's been involved already both seasons. And because they did not believe in him as an every down back, that's going to make his career a little bit longer. Brees Hall is going to be the guy now, right? But Michael Carter is going to have plenty of opportunity. Kenneth Gainwell is another one. You know, Kenneth Gainwell was a fifth-round pick, and he's got standalone value in fantasy. As early as last season, Kenneth Gainwell was playing well. I think Kenneth Gainwell has an opportunity to be maybe an Aaron Jones type. Fifth-round pick. Wow. A couple seasons of seasoning. That's and then bold. all of a sudden that, you that's free. That's bold, no? Let's start the free Kenneth Gainwell campaign because right, that guy can move. <laughs> uh, Isaiah Spiller, great situation. He's coming into the league on a young, high-powered offense. And Eckler just seems not to stay on the field as much as you'd like him to. And because of the career arc of a running back where they go three, two years, three years, Eckler's had mileage. He's had some injuries. Isaiah Spiller, he could be the guy there. Dontrell Hilliard, undrafted, has shown splashes of making it happen in the pass-catching game in week one against the Giants. He had a great first half. I think that he has some potential because he's almost nothing. It's almost like there's really no risk there. Um and then Isaiah Pacheco from Kansas City. Love it. Rutgers, we've, we've are you? We've seen him, are you? We've seen him make a splash. He's had some good pick blitz pickups, which in the NFL, I just said, that will keep you in the league. If you were in the league, eventually you will get your opportunities. I think this kid could play, and it's very cheap. The The potential for him to be a $15 back at one, at one point, it could be that way. It could very well be that's, that way. So That's interesting. That's how I'm going to play the running backs. I think you guys... Maybe if you have any questions, you could reach out, and I'll give you a little more insight. But I'm going to keep on doing deep dives into this, but these are the guys that I'm identifying more so than the blue-chip guys because there's risk there because a lot of their value right now is banked on future value. If that guy gets injured, that future value goes away, and it's all banked value. I'm looking for guys that have no very, very low market projections that I believe in. And that's where I'm going with running back. So as much as this is, is all analytically driven in the NFL and pretty much all sports across the board, you're finally going with your gut. <laughs> you're, finally, you're finally going with a little bit of, I think, that the, the opportunity will seize well, itself eventually. Well, I'm going with my gut, but these guys all have a role. Correct. Almost already. Yes. Um, I question Pacheco's role a little bit because he had one good game and then he but had a good game. But there's like a lot, there's like, but, yeah, but there's the a lot of guys. Kansas over City there. operates, any given moment, he could be the guy right. inserted in there. We talked about Tyler Algier a couple weeks, but all, you know, the last two weeks on both shows. And Tyler Algier now ins- inserted himself into a really nice situation for a couple weeks. So yeah. these guys are all going to get an opportunity. There's no question about it. And I believe that even if their opportunity as a lead back fails, they have value in this league and they're going to all be here for a little bit. Barring catastrophic injury, so Oof, yeah, you know, I feel like every show, and, and I want to always say yeah, catastrophic. And I want to make a point though, because it is a feeling. But I, I spent a lot of the time, data's there, right? I spent a lot of time coming up with this feeling, <laughs> right. looking at these running backs. So yeah, right. it's not a feeling, Dave. My eyes are crossed because I keep looking at this large spreadsheet of all the data and stuff, and people are, uh, you know, interested in our, our nuggets. So that's so just cool. Food for thought: Brian Robinson, in per, in terms of percentages. He went up almost the same amount as an Adrian Peterson. In so framework. now this is the time. And look, I tell you guys this all the time. Just don't sleep on it. Just don't because you're going to miss that ship when it goes. And I, you're like, I ah. don't know for a fact. But I think that based on what I was looking at, I think Brian Robinson went up about 200, maybe a little 200 plus percent in his career. Already? Well, not Brian Robinson, Brian Westbrook. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We, so, we saw that yesterday. So guys like that. Two hundred percent. How many how many percent points do you think AP went up if he entered the league at ten? 
Less. Less. Right. So the right. expectations matter. That's where I'm going with running back. Brian Robinson, just so you know, is sitting there at less than six dollars, and he's a so, top mover right now. He's he's seven percent because they just said he's back. Oh, oh yeah, no, they're they're well aware that it's happening. So Brian Robinson is the guy right now because look, just so everybody's aware, it's all about opportunity. And before the season started, and before he had his mishap with the the car thing, right? Um, he was slated to beat RB one, and Antonio Gibson was like, "Yeah, you're good. You know Go what? return and, kicks." And, and, like what? And I have a, I have something that I would like to actually insert into this conversation because Antonio Gibson may actually find his way onto the list that I was just talking about in lieu of Brian Robinson being the lead guy. So, so he becomes a, a Westbrook, yeah, by so default. By default, because yeah. if there's anything that that um, he's proven. The yeah. guy that we're just talking about, yeah. we might have to edit it. Robinson? No. No, the other one. The, the running back we were just talking about on the, uh, on the Washington Commanders? Gibson. <laughs> if there's one thing that Antonio Welcome Gibson... Welcome to Wednesday! If there's one thing that Antonio Gibson has proven is that he is not the every down back. Mm -hmm. And he has proven that he's tough and he can stay in the league, but he's also a wide receiver in college, so he might be the pass catcher down the line. True, and very Brian true. Robinson takes over as the lead back. And he still has got some burst. Still got some burst. All right, so before we get out of here... We have a project. We have a mission. Okay, we we've come up with this. Now look, we're all about the quarterbacks. We're all about the running backs, and of course, you got to show love to the receivers. Now, there are a million receivers out there. We've been talking about them for two weeks, two and a half weeks now, and the Jamar Chases of the world and Justin Jeffersons are the safest ones you can invest in right now. Multipliers galore. Get paid every week as those guys climb. Right, but there's a conversation to be had to find a specific receiver with longevity. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about longevity. Career accolades, longevity, yards, compiling stats. And there's one underlying fact that you're you're missing. I'm missing it. Go ahead. He's a seventh-round pick. Seventh-round pick. So we're on the hunt to find the 2022 version of our good friend, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman obviously plays with the Patriots his entire career. Mm. Uh, what? Maybe. He's not Wes Welker. <laughs> like Edelman was there forever. <laughs> Welker was all over the place. Um, but they compared him to Wes Welker as soon as he came into the league. Uh, but you got Julian Edelman now playing with one team, the compiling of the numbers. Now, look, they're not as gaudy as you would think, right? 137 games played in that time span. He did miss some time. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, the Iron Man that that some people are. Um, 620 receptions on 941 targets. The guy was fed a lot because it was Tom Brady. He fell in love with the guy. He kept throwing them the ball at all times. So, just over 6,800 yards. Um, the best part is he ended his career on 11 yards per reception. So the dude, like, even if it was a four-yard slant, the guy was a yak machine. Um, and the best part about this guy is that he just lasted so long. So he ended his career, Chris with a $16.72% bank value. And you're thinking to yourself, well, wh what? How? He, he played so long, right? It took him a long time to get going. And once you got going, he was finding himself banking $2, $3 a year just based off his performance. And then by the end of it, there, there it is. So, Chris... Who's the next Julian Edelman? I have no idea. That's Dave. what we're looking for. This is for. a tough one, but I'm I'm working on it. And I've as I'm looking through, I come up with a couple names that I keep talking about. But I I think those are the guys that as we look through Mojo Market, you know, the next Julian Edelman may not even have a profile because they're so under the radar. Because that's how Julian Edelman was. It's very rare where you're going to see a guy that takes the league in the seventh round, and then it takes a couple seasons for him to get going. But then he turns out a potential Hall of something Famer to be career. Something to I be don't think Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer, but there's some people out there there's that an really argument. do, and there's, there's an, an argument based on 
the seventh round aspect of it because he's the best seventh round pick by far. Once upon a time, there was a sixth round draft pick. Might have heard of him. Tom Brady. Something happened. Yeah. He did all right. <laughs> so... So it it's happens. like identifying who the next Julian Edelman is. I don't know. Seventh round receivers, they don't really last long in the NFL, if at all. So practice look, search the practice squads for some talent, and then maybe <laughs> you'll find your Julian Edelman. But as I'm looking about guys that entered the league with low expectations, it's hard for me to f- identify a seventh rounder. But we talked about Romeo Dobbs, right? Yeah. How often is it that a guy that's in the fourth round of of his rookie season, he's in game three right now. They just completed game three. He had eight catches in, in game two, caught all eight of his targets, and then Aaron Rodgers looked his way on what would have been a, a game-winning touchdown pass in the late in the fourth quarter in crunch time. So it's clear to me that Romeo Dobbs is involved. He's heavily involved. And as he gains Aaron Rodgers' trust, which he did a good job of that in week two, maybe took some of that back in week three with the drop. Mm. But Romeo Dobbs is involved. They got a really good coach. I'm not sure how long Aaron Rodgers is going to last, but they have a first-round pick in Jordan Love waiting in the wings. I know you're hopefully optimistic. <laughs> by Jordan Love, by the way. Just saying. Um, they have a first-round pick waiting in the wings in Jordan Love. I think the Packers— Back of quarterbacks get love. Did you see the, the movement of uh, Walford the other night? I did. <laughs> like, I did. It, it happens. I don't want Jordan Love to get any love just yet. But, right. you know, down the line, I don't mind it. But, yeah, Romeo Dobbs is the guy that I'm identifying. I feel like he's the, the, the best buy at the receiver position right now because I know for a fact, this, this is, is me facts, talking, folks. that Romeo Dobbs is going to be heavily involved this season. Going forward, he, the, 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 there's no ceiling for him just yet because no, you're right. he's a talented guy and there's a very, very low value in terms of entering the league. And so it, Romeo Dobbs. In this regard. Um, and Devin Duvernay. Well, we all know the diversify you know with Devin. Duvernay. 100%. Um, I'm just looking at this uh, two-year experience sign, 2021. I'm looking at um, Anthony Schwartz. Now, I know this is a name you're like, what? The only reason why I know who Anthony Schwartz is is, is because I listened to the Mojo Spaces last night, and they were talking Cleveland Browns and depth. So apparently now Anthony Schwartz is just there for the cardio. Like he's literally that's what they said. I kind of laughed. I had to like almost I had playing in my car. I, I was like, get involved. I got an Anthony Schwartz zebra. Yeah, do you? Yeah. Oh, all right, nice. Hey. But I'm saying like they're thinking that the opportunities aren't there anymore uh, for Anthony Schwartz, but they are there for one David Bell. So if you want to talk about David Bell, you can go talk about David Bell. Anyway. The receiving room on every single team is so deep. So the mission for us is to find the guy that was either drafted real late, sixth, seventh round, or undrafted overall. Um, Dobbs was drafted when? Fourth round. Okay, so it's, that's the latest we'll go right now, but we will find yeah, the I mean, next like, Julian Edelman. I, I like Josh Palmer. I like for, him, too. The Chargers. I like him, too. Third and with that offense, pick. that guy distributes. Keenan Allen's, I wouldn't say he's on his way that out. That guy's Herbert. But I don't know how many more... Uh, um, well, they're both making twenty million dollars too, so they have got, to. So the contract situation yeah, is not big great there. there. I know Mike Williams will be the the one once Keenan Allen's gone, but Justin Herbert and and Palmer came into the league together. Mm-hmm. He's a third round pick, so he has a little bit of pedigree. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a seventh rounder, but look for that connection down the line. I think Josh Palmer has value late in his career as well. We shall Maybe not see, late, but next year we shall see. This one was fun, man. I like I listen. I'm a historian when it comes to football. I like looking into all the. The old, uh, the statistics, the the comparisons to the older players. And like I said, the first one I was like, I got to see what Romo was worth. How about now and this year in 2009 when he first got his first start? You know, it was like, it's a lot of data to compile and and take in. Uh, but it's it's a fun time, man. And it gives you the idea of where the your favorite players right now might wind up if they have the same career trajectory, um, you know, as, as your former favorite players. Speaking of one of my former favorite players yesterday, as we close, the announcement of the retirement of the boat. 
Blake Bortles announced his retirement yesterday. Very, very upset and this, this disappointing uh, career He's a journeyman. Former, former emergency quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Nothing but love for the boat, baby. I mean, the greatest boat of all time. <laughs> greatest Blake of all time. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. All right, so that'll do it for today here on a Wednesday. For Dave Starchill, Chris Gucci from Chop Studios, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. We're back tomorrow. Guess what, guys? It's week five. Week five. We are entering the um, – and we're past the first quarter mark. I'm just, we're it's, entering it's, Brian Robinson's season. It, that, that, that is a fact. See you guys tomorrow. Not wrong. <laughs>